This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? A little muggy, but you know, here it is, middle of September, might get some rain. Some of us got some stuff already planted for fall. Some of us just waiting for that dirt to get a little bit looser. A lot of people want to take care of the lawn. They got weeds and thinking about winterizing. And a lot of people are thinking about what can I grow in my yard that looks good and I can eat it when I'm tired of looking at it. Hey, y'all, we're going to talk about all that stuff today. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and me and Java Chapman and all the other folks here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we're going to open up this screen door we call the Gestalt Gardener. It's all about gardening, indoors, out, lawns, ornamental, fruits, vegetables, diseases, bugs, blights, whatever you want to talk about. I won't try to sell you anything. I'm just going to talk to you as if you're my mother or my dad. We're sitting around kicking around ideas. Me and Java were sitting in another room just laughing and chatting about stuff. And hope you're in a good mood because I sure am. It's a great time to be a gardener, a great time of the year to be a gardener in the South. A lot of people move here from Arizona. They move here from Minnesota. They move from all sorts of places and don't realize we have a kind of a unique climate uh, as far as gardening. It's difficult in the summer where other places are difficult in the winter. But we're in our little season now where it's going to be really, really nice. And we can talk about that kind of stuff. I also brought some things to chat about. As usual, I like to bring a, something native, something heirloom, and something edible from my garden or where I can steal on my walk-in in the mornings. And i got plenty of those things to talk about. And um, like I said in the intro, I'm not going to try to sell you anything. I don't know everything. There's some stuff I wish I didn't know. Uh, but between us, we'll figure it all out. And uh, I will be honest with you. I'm an honest garden expert. Uh, a lot of stuff going on right now, a lot of weirdness in the world, a, lot, a little bit of sadness because of what's going on over in England. The queen passed away after. She's been a queen longer than I've been on earth, Java. She. <laughs> yeah, now when you talk about, I guess, serving your time, yeah. you know, yeah, she she. she served her time <laughs> yeah she was doing stuff up until day before yesterday you yeah know? that's what she yeah met with the prime minister yeah yeah just yeah, a couple yeah. days ago yeah a lot of people and you know not everybody understands monarchy especially americans you know we sort of split away from that back when the king was a king well they did away with all that kind of stuff and uh, now the the king um, monarchy is head of state not head of government and I compare it, and I really shouldn't say this because it sounds like a demeaning it, but it's like that silver eagle on the front of my truck. You know, you've seen that thing. It's a massive, it's pretty, it's shiny, it's right on the front of my truck, and where, and it doesn't decide where I go. But it's right there in front of me, sort of keeping, keeping me focused. And when I'm sitting in the driver's seat of my truck and I look at the eagle, I can look straight out past there, and that's where the edge of the road is. So it's sort of like a, you know, keeps me centered. You know, if it's if it's rainy or if it's dark, I know between me and that eagle, if I keep going straight from there, that's the edge of the road, and it's nice. So it's a, a sort of a figurehead thing. But anyway, um, it's going to be that that queen was great, and she was a patron of the Royal Horticulture Society with Java. I'm a member of the Royal Horticulture. I don't know if you knew that. Do oh you know wow, I'm a no, Royal Horticulture Society member. That's the uh, what's that? Six degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon. Six, yeah, six yeah, degrees of yeah. separation. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been with the American Horticulture Society a long time. I, mean, I was one of the board of directors, one of the one of the directors of it, uh, board members. <clears throat> but uh, RHS operates these 
botanic gardens, you know, and they've got five of them, five major, major gardens. We're talking about an area the size of Mississippi has got five of the top horticulture gems on earth. Anyway, and she, she went to all of them. She used to go to the flower show, the Chelsea flower show. I think she made it 50 times wow. to the Chelsea flower show. But anyway, <clears throat> always been supporting horticulture, uh, always promoted beauty and fragrance, uh, edible stuff, people sustaining each other. So, uh, so it's the best of all that, and the queen did a good job. But anyway, I'm not going to get maudlin about that. We do have some things to talk about. You okay, Father? You... I, uh, it's, it's allergy time. I walked in. I didn't take. I didn't take my pill this morning. Do we have one of those kill buttons in here? No. See, that's one of the things that we're kind of missing in the new, in the brand new studio. So usually, you know, I could just push a button and you couldn't hear me hacking and coughing and all. But yeah, anyway. we have to watch you close, man. We have to watch you close. That's right. If I wave my my arm, I'm about to clear it out. But you no, know, it's just nothing but allergies. You know, it's that time of year, and I've started seeing a little bit of goldenrod starting to bloom. But that's not what causes allergy. It's the ragweed. And ragweed is starting to bloom, which means it has wind pollen. It's like clap, very fine clouds of dust that float in the wind. And that and the grasses and other things. Anyway, looking forward to antihistamines because they make me feel great. Well, like you said, with the ragweed starting to bloom, people should understand just because you're coughing or clearing your throat, it's not COVID. That's or right. it's not necessarily <laughs> COVID. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, uh, and, and uh, before we get these calls, let me throw out one other thing. I went to the to my dermatologist the other day, and he cut a little thing off the end of my nose and said, I should have been wearing a hat and sunscreen a lot longer than I have been. And I'm going to have to have a little little thing cut off the end of my nose. I know a lot of our listeners understand that it's not it's not a serious thing, but it is serious. You need to take care of it. A lot of people have had these basal cell things cut out on their ears and their nose and their shoulders and stuff like that. But I've gone from being... An old guy looking like an old guy. Now one of these old guys with a bandage on my nose. So I was sort of like a a, a new level of old guy. <laughs> new level unlocked. That's right. That's right. You know, when you get old, you start not really things don't bother you. When you get a a, a, a bandage on the end of your nose, nothing bothers you anymore. Anyway, let's uh, let's let's do what we came here for. Let's talk about gardening. We're going to go over to Raleigh and talk with Joe. Joe, thank you for holding, man. What's going on? Good morning. I'm calling about my brother-in-law's maple trees mm-hmm. in northwest Tennessee. Yeah, uh, It's dropping leaves, some limbs are dying, and some of the lower limbs, the bark is split yeah. and dead wood underneath. I yeah. wonder if you, this one particular tree shades his deck and he really doesn't want to lose it, but just wondering if you had any recommendations. Well, yeah, a couple of things. And first of all, maple, this is fairly common with maples. Maples are pretty. They can get big. They can live a long time. But they're kind of short-lived in general because they're susceptible to leaf diseases, root diseases, uh, bark problems, things like that. Without looking at it, and, and I helped teach the tree surgery course at Mississippi, Mississippi State. Without looking at it, I really can't tell. But here's some educated guesses. If the leaves are turning brown and sticking that part's dead. But if they're shedding, that's just stress. A lot of times a, a, a tree will put on a lot of growth in the spring. Things are going great. you got plenty of rain, a lot of sunshine. It feels good. It puts a bunch of leaves. And all of a sudden it turns hot and dry in the summertime. And the roots are saying, you know, I just can't keep up with all those those new leaves this year. And the tree will throw some of them off. So it, it's not unusual for some trees 
that don't have a great root system because of soil or water or something like that to, to drop their leaves early. On the other hand, if the bark is cracking and you can peel it off, it's brown under there, that's either a root problem or an old trunk wound. He may have hit it with a lawnmower or the string trimmer 10 years ago, and it caused some decay to get into the tree. Uh, that's real, real common. It could have been hit by a mild bolt of lightning. You know, lightning doesn't have to blow a tree open. It can strike people and they walk away. But a lot of times lightning will, will kill the sap under the bark without blowing the bark off in part of the tree. And it may take three or four, five, six years uh, for, for it to really start showing up. Anyway, the bottom line, if, the, if it's got cracks in the bark, got dead wood under the bark, that's going to be an old problem. Not much you can do about it. Plant another, plant another maple is, is what I'd recommend. And that's without looking at the pure educated right. guesses. Yeah, I've sent a few pictures of his trees, and uh, it is shedding the leaves. They're not turning brown and yeah. sticking on there. They're just shedding. Yeah, that's stress. And, uh, that's stress. Okay. But, but the, the dead wood is indica- indicative of rot. Yeah, yeah. You know, the inside of a tree, you know, the inside of a tree, that's not pressure tree. That's just plain old wood. And, you know, you lay a piece of, uh, lay a stick on the ground, and, and within two or three years, it's gone because of natural wood decay fungi. And that happens if uh, the in, that the bark gets breached, interior of the wood gets exposed by a string trimmer or a wound or something like that. Once that fungus gets in there, not much you can do about it. Okay, well, thank you so much, Mr. Rush. All right. You are a treasure. Thank well, all, all I did was say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, tell him. Tell well, him. Oh, when he said West Northwest Tennessee, uh, that's really yeah. Kentucky, ain't it? Come on. Pretty close. Uh, I think if he had a good arm, he could almost hit Kentucky with a rock. That's a pretty part of the country, though. So anyway, yeah. tell him we said hey. All right, thanks. You Bye. Bet. Okay, now. Rule, I think that Jackie, I think this in Ruleville. Uh, Jackie, you calling from Ruleville? Yep, you got it. Hot dog. We're in the Delta. I mean, hardcore Sunflower County Delta. You got it. What's going on? You wow. know, I, I'm from Indianola. I don't know if you knew that. Yep, I did. Okay. Indian bio. That's right. So you know, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I can't, I can't pull the wool over your eyes because you know I flunked out of Moorhead. Right, part huh. of the Delta Triangle. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's up? Why are the trees more weepy this time of year than they are in the spring? That's a good question, and uh, it's not the trees are weepy. We've had really, really good year for insects. You know, it was moist, and it was dry, and then a little bit more rainfall. Insects have had a great time this year, and the kind of insects that suck sap out of trees, their drippings have got partly dissolved plant sugar in them, a little sap, you know, so they don't digest at all. But that the dripping out of trees, that's bug do. Does it have to do with, since the cicadas are out now and they're not out in the springtime? Well, not really, because cicadas, you know, they don't really feed. They, they can't feed at all. You know, cicadas, you know, they're, they're in the ground as that big old lumpy thing for anywhere from 13 to 15, 17 years. But when they come out as adults, they can't feed. Uh, that you know they they don't have digestive systems. All they do is they sing and they mate and they live a week or two and then they die if a bird doesn't get them first. But it's not the cicada. It's uh it's going to be uh, aphids. It's going to be maybe not spider mite leaf hoppers, but insect sucking sap, and that's dripping out of the bottom end. Don't don't look up with your mouth open. Mm, for real. Okay. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. Well, let me throw out one other thing for you and anybody else listening. On a lot of trees, you know, plants 
sap has got sugar in it. Just like maple syrup is made from maple, the sugar is a maple sap. Well, all trees have got sugars in their sap. And at this time of year, if that, that drippings has got dissolved plant sugar, it gets sticky. And then this black mold, it's called sooty mold. And it'll grow on leaves. It'll grow on patio furniture. It turned one of my pink flamingos just as black as night. So you, we're going to start seeing a lot of that black sooty mold growing on the drippings from the insect. It's not a problem. They are. So anyway, just sort of expect a little bit of sticky stuff and then that black mold. Okay. Gotcha. Good, good luck on it. All righty. Bye-bye. All righty. I should have said I hope to see her at the Tamale Festival uh, in, in October. I always have a big one in Greenville. They haven't had it for three years. It's, I need my tamale fix. So uh, let's slide now to uh, over to Arkansas. Brett, what part of Arkansas are you calling from? Lake Village, I'm right by. Right across, right, Indianola. Yeah, well, right, right, right across the big bridge. <laughs> yes, sir. I was lucky enough to get a avocado seed to sprout. I've mm-hmm. been trying for five years, and I know that's a California, Mexico type of tree. Yep. But I was wondering if you could give me some more information about how many times I should, as it grows, how many times I should repot it. Well, you you know, it's going to reach a size where, you know, you, I, I don't care how vigorous you are, you're not going to be able to move a pot big enough for a mature avocado. So what you do is you just put in as big a pot as you can, as you can stand, you know, work it up to a, a, a pot that, you know, if you could put both your arms around it, barely, that's about as big a pot as you're going to be able to drag in in the wintertime. But the trick is when it gets a, a couple of feet tall, a foot and a half tall or so, snip the tip of it out and make it start branching out. And then next year, snip the tips off those. To, in other words, create a, a bush. And that way a you bush. can, yeah, that way you can from time to time, if a, if a limb's too long, you thin it out and you still got a bush left. So, so prune on it uh, once a year to make it bushier and branchier, and, uh, and that, that'll keep it manageable. Okay. Well, I appreciate the information. You're always helpful. All right. Appreciate it. Oh, hey, I want to ask, how, did you do it with the toothpick stuck in it and sitting over a yes, cup sir. of water and all that stuff? <laughs> I did it uh, just like that, and but I put uh, I crumbled up an eggshell and put it in the dirt with it, uh-huh. you know, to give it some more calcium. Yeah, well, and, the, you know, that that by the way, that's a myth. It doesn't really work, uh, but it sure makes people feel better, and it doesn't hurt to do that. And you got to do something with the eggshells anyway. Yeah, I put it in my in my garden all the time. Yeah, and it makes the dirt just as black and rich. Yep, yep, yep. Is yep. that is that not what yeah, the case is? No, it's not really. You know, there, there's a. I belong to a group of horticulture scientists who we get together online and we talk about garden myths. And this is oh, yeah. there's probably uh, two dozen really, really common. Everybody agrees this is true. That ain't true. And calcium from eggshells ain't true. It's a, it's a good okay. idea, and it is calcium, but it's a different kind of calcium. It's calcium carbonate. And if it's been in the soil long enough and you've got acidic soil, the acids in the soil will convert the calcium carbonate to a usable form of calcium. If you want to really help with that, take your eggshells, crumble them up, and pour a little vinegar on them. Vinegar's okay with plants. It'll make them fizz. But what it does is it changes it into the usable kind of calcium. It just speeds up what happens in a naturally acidic soil. But I ain't going to argue with success. You, you, it, it's been working. Oh, no, let's, no. let's go with it. Hey, you're the expert here. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to learn more. All right. Appreciate your call, man. All right. Thank you. 
All right. We got, we got some callers on the line. Got some lines open if you want to give us a call. Uh, Sir Charles is in there expecting to, to yak with you when you call. Uh, Javis, you know, you're talking about growing the avocado from seed. You took a bite out of that fruit I brought, brought, brought in today. This mysterious what, juju? Jujube. Jujube. You've heard of jujube beans, those little jelly bean looking things? Yes, sir. They've been around since the late 1600s, and they were a, a sort of a jelly bean type thing with sugar and, and a gum flavored with jujube fruits. And jujube grows in Mississippi. It looks like a small, uh, a great big giant crab apple or a tiny little apple. And we can talk about jujubes, but I ain't going to talk about Scrabble because it ain't but one J in the Scrabble game, so you can't do the jujube thing unless you got an extra blank thing or something. And got some fun events coming up. I'm going to be uh, in a couple of weeks. We'll talk about them uh, starting next week, but in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing a thing down in Hattiesburg. They've got a, a new uh, community food thing. We're going to um, drive my truck down, talk about growing food in containers and raised beds and stuff, and I'm going to be up in Louisville, up in uh, uh, Winston County in uh, a couple of three weeks after that. But anyway, we'll talk about all that later. Meanwhile, we're here to yak about gardening, and we're going to slide over down to Florida. Kathy, where are you calling in Florida? Hello, Felder. How are you? So far, so good. What part of Florida are you at? Well, I'm going to tell you, I moved from Mississippi to uh, Pensacola. Okay. And as soon as I got here, I'm scanning through trying to find a morning, like, radio show like MPB. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find anything. And I'm like, oh, God. M- and so M- I was thinking I was going to have to go ahead and get Sears or Sires, whatever you call it again. Mm-hmm. But I was driving somewhere, and I was scanning, and I got just the faintest thing of MPB. And, like, <laughs> now I'm closer like this morning to Daphne and Folly, closer to Mobile, and you're loud and clear. Oh yeah, so y'all, yeah. you made my day. So you, I so know. you, you took the shortcut through Orange Beach to get home, didn't you? Basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what can but we help I you? I love the show. Well, the, my question was, um, it's been a few for a few years. Uh, my mother-in-law has a um, on her porch in Mississippi. She has a. Um, it's, I guess it's, it's a rose bush, but it's the running roses. Like they're little, but it makes a whole bunch of them. Are they red? Um, little red roses? Red, well, yeah. Lots of lots and lots and lots of little red roses. Yes. I know what it is. I actually grow that one myself. It's called red cascades. Red cascades. And it it, okay. it, it, it doesn't climb. It just sends these long sprawling things out. Yeah. Yep. But I've been trying to get a piece from it. Uh, I've used like the what is the root tone? Yeah, uh, you don't have to. You don't have to. Ways. What? Yeah. How can I do it? This this particular this particular one roots like ringing a bell. Now this not the best time of year. If you want to give it a try, you can. But you want you know the very tip end of those branches don't root very well, and old thick woody old stuff doesn't root. So you want to take a branches, you know, sort of towards the end, and then root the parts that are. Uh, not as big around as a pencil. In other words, the, okay. the the not the brand new stuff, but close to it. And cuttings, oh, four, five, six inches long, stuck most of the way in some pretty good potting soil. Uh, I've always had the best success rooting roses in the wintertime, taking them in February or so like that. But a lot of people root them when the new growth kind of toughens up in the summertime. Uh, but the main thing is you want to keep them moist, not wet. 
And you might even want to start several in one pot and then put you a, a plastic bag or with a stick or, or maybe cut the bottom off of a plastic cola bottle and throw the cap away, so like a miniature greenhouse with an open chimney at the top. That'll keep the humidity high, and that helps a little okay. bit. But, okay, so I don't need to use the root tone, just putting them... Root, in the soil? Root, that's right. Rutone helps, but we've been rooting roses a long time before we had Rutone. And, uh, you know, they'll root pretty. My rule of thumb is if you use rooting powder, you know, you get more. Let's say you root 10 cuttings. With rooting powder, seven or eight are going to root. Without it, four or five are going to root. So, you know, instead of using rooting powder, just stick more cuttings than you want. Okay. And then when I cut the pieces off, do I have to cut them? You know, like where it's a uh, lateral, like cut where no, not no, 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 no. What happens when you when you cut a uh, when you cut you you cut a piece off a rose, put it in some soil, it's it it doesn't know it's being cut off. You know, they don't think like that. But so they keep sending food down towards the roots, but it hits that cut in, and it has to stop. And it makes a little hard white knot, sort of like a little piece of gristle on the bottom end. The stem cells turn into a little white, tough, gristly looking thing, and then roots spring out from that. Really. You know, I've, I've been rooting road. I'm not the best at rooting road. Like I say, you know, if if I get one out of three, I stick three. Okay. And I usually get one. But, you know, just in, in a pretty good dirt, if you've got a you got a flower bed down in Florida? Uh, I got just a small little area right uh-huh. outside the door by the front porch. Well, um, e- either that or maybe get you a pot full of stuff. And this fall, plant you some pansies or violas or some wintertime flowers in a sunny spot. And then sometime in, uh, in January, February, take some cuttings and stick them in between your, your flowers. Okay. And do okay. that. Do that in wintertime. You know, if if you come home and visit, you know, Mama in in uh, in the the wintertime. But when you get the cuttings, put them in a plastic bag. Don't let them dry out. Put them in a plastic bag and you know, with a little damp piece of paper till you get home. Okay. Okay. I got it. Will do. Oh. 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 And, 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 there's one question to you. Are y'all having the love bugs like we're like they got <laughs> Java yeah. Java's shaking his head. We do. We I don't think we have them like you down in do down in Florida, but boy oh boy oh boy oh boy. Hey, let's try I'll it. tell you something funny. The uh guy was pressure washing the back deck uh-huh. and um I guess the 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 water, the pressure from the water in the mist. I guess that was attracting the love uh, <laughs> bugs, and they swarmed around him, and he started running. They say, they say this is nice. Hey, listen, try, try one other thing, Kathy. Uh, are you you headed home to visit Mama now? Are you? Headed? Oh no, no, no. Okay. It'll be it'll be more, and I'll do it like you said in December. Okay. Reason why, reason why I'm saying, you know, that particular row, Red Cascades, it sits out these long runners, uh, and it's sort of a sprangly thing is what I call it. Uh, get her to take one of the branches and dip it down into the dirt, nice and, you know, p- pretty good deep, with the tip end sticking back out, and put a rock or something that'll keep it in place, and it'll root in place. And then in next spring, you cut it off, it's, it's rooted while it's still hooked to the plant, part of the, just in the dirt and back out. And the part that's in Wait, the dirt root. Take a take one of the long branches and take the top part of it and put it in the dirt. While, while you know, while it's still hooked to the plant, you know, take a long branch and then towards the end of it, stick it down in the dirt with the tip end coming back out while it's still hooked to the oh, plant, and it'll root in okay. place. Okay, we'll do. Tell we'll my, do. yeah, and that's my mother-in-law. Yeah, oh, so we'll do. We'll do. Tell tell her we said hey. 
Okay. Thank you so much. You bet. You bet. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Now, we're talking to Richard, and um, it says Hero. Are you from a hero like Mississippi or something? Yes, sir, Bill, and that's Hero, Mississippi. Where? And it always, it always gets confused when I say that. A lot of people say zero. <laughs> zero, Mississippi, just south of Meridian. And I have to tell them, no, it's not zero. It's Hero. And where, where the next question is, where is Hero? Okay, do you know where Hickory is? I do, I do. Okay, it's eight miles south of Hickory. And at one time, it was the county seat of Jasper County. Okay. It's out in the boondocks, though, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're <laughs> way down the other forks of the branch. What you got going on this morning, Sir Richard? You know, the gentleman that you uh, spoke to a few minutes ago about his avocados, mm-hmm. I have a neat little trick that can sprout avocados real simple. Like, In fact, I've got about 20 avocado bushes right now that are about four foot tall, and I've got one that's eight foot tall. These in pots? Uh, these in pots? They're not in the ground, are they? Yeah. No, they're not in the ground. They're in pots. Yeah, gotcha. That's, but, too, that's too many, but, but keep going. <laughs> the way I grow them is you take a Lipton tea bottle, the plastic bottle. Right. You cut it off just above the label in that little ground spot there. Cut it. Cut the top of it all the way off. Unscrew the cap, fill it with water, and turn it upside down and put that part off inside of the top of the bottle. And then you lay your avocado seed inside that, and it's got water all the way up to the top of the avocado seed. And that's how I sprout my avocado seed. So, right now I've got about 20, 24 of them sprouting. So you cut, you cut the top of the bottle off like at the shoulder? To, Take the t- top off, yeah. turn it upside down, sort of like a funnel, upside right. down, and then put the avocado seed in that. Yes. Fill cool. it with water and put the avocado seed in there, and within a couple of weeks, it'll sprout. And 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 you know what happens? You end up with 15 or 20 avocado trees. You can have to drag those things in in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My living room was, was full of trees last year. Bushes. I've got uh, those little... Uh, dwarf banana bushes, and uh, I've got all kinds of stuff that I have to drag in during the winter time. Well, how do you what, what do you how do you keep or or do you even try to keep the lizards and the frogs from coming in with them? Well, I make sure I bring them in. I, I have um, uh, I ordered off of the internet some LED lights that, right. are, that right. replicate sunlight. Yeah, UV light, and I hang them. I have a, a fan in my living room and I hang those lights from a fan or I built me a little PVC frame. But you just learned to live you just learn you just learn to live with the lizards and frogs that come in though, right? Oh no, I don't have any problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> well listen man, we got a scoot. I appreciate your call about that. Thank you so much. From Hero, Mississippi. You take care. All righty. Um, I brought in a jujube fruit. I got it last week at the farmer's market downtown at the fairgrounds in Jackson. And uh, the, the young fellow uh, who does that, he's going to have them there this week. And he's got trees, too. Mississippi Farmer's Market in Jackson. Uh, he's going to have uh, – Mr. Yowell is going to have uh, the, not only jujubes you can eat, 
but jujube trees you can grow. I was raised with one in the Delta. They grow well. They're pretty trees. They got thorns, but they got these wonderful edible apple type things. Uh, and by the way, before we get the calls, let me let me let me be smart here for a second. We were talking about jujubes in uh, Java. You took a bite into it. It's me, you know. It's sort of crunchy like an apple, and but it's not quite mealy, and it doesn't have any real sugars to it. Yeah, it's not really that sweet. It does, it has a little, it has flavor to it. Yeah. It's not sweet, but um, yeah, it's like a like a small, small apple. <laughs> a small mealy apple. There you go, yeah. <laughs> well, they grow perfectly well, uh, and they're, they're handsome. There used to be one at Monel Gardens in Jackson. My great-grandmother had one of the Delta when I was a kid, and it's still there. Uh, it's a good plant. It's a pretty plant. It makes these fruit that are perfectly edible. Anyway, the smart bit about it, and, and, and there's a fellow named Yowell who's going to be down at the Mississippi Farmer's Market. He's there every, every weekend. It's a terrific thing down there in Jackson, uh, open till noon. He'll ask some jujubes if you want to try some or if you want to get you a tree. And uh, I think it's always good to support farmer's market stuff. But anyway, the smart bit is the Latin name of jujube tree. It's got two Zs and two Js. Zizifus jujuba. <laughs> now that's I. They, it should be a instead of jujube, it should be called zizivos. Yeah, zizivos, zizivos. <laughs> yeah, well, that you know that that's that's the, the look you had on your face when you bit into it. You went zizivos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's let's talk to Virgil. Virgil is calling from Mobile. Thank you for holding. How are you today? Oh, great, great, Mister Blue Sky. Yeah. Made me feel like I was fresh out of college. There, you know, so. and it's a it's an earworm. You're not going to be able to forget it the rest of the day. What's up? I have a question about trimming crepe myrtles. Mm -hmm. it, is this a good time of the year, I guess, first and then second? They've uh, been allowed to grow for a long time. We just bought a, a different house. Uh -huh. They're about 20 feet high, and I really need to get them trimmed pretty drastically because yeah. they're up at the top of a screened-in pool enclosure kind of you know, interfering with that, or maybe I don't want to see it get punctured yeah. eventually. So I, I need to get them back away from it. But uh, well, what's uh, the story uh, on uh, that? A couple of things. First of all, only Southern Living says that pruning crepe myrtles is a is a sin. <laughs> it doesn't hurt to prune them at all. It's been done in Japan for hundreds and hundreds of years. There's Shinto Japanese temples, Shinto temples in Japan. They got crepe myrtle trees that are 300 years old. They're pruned in a little knobby-looking thing. So anyway, only Southern Living does that, and it's a style thing, not a horticultural thing. Doesn't hurt to prune a crepe myrtle. The reason I'm saying all that, because your neighbor's going to talk about you. Just, oh. just hold your head up and, and say it's called pollarding. I'm, it's okay. It's like plucking hairs out of the rim of your ears. You just got to get rid of stuff that you don't like. Okay, okay so it, it's okay is what I'm saying. Um, but it, what happens when you cut a crepe myrtle, just like a rose or anything else, it takes a little while for it to sprout back out, uh, usually several weeks. And if you do it past about the middle of August, towards the end of August, the new growth doesn't have time to come out and then toughen up before winter. You don't have to worry as much about that in, in Mobile. But just keep in mind, it's a little late for doing hard pruning. Uh, it's a lot better on the tree, a lot easier on you if you wait till wintertime, because then it's not going to sprout and, and then get some winter damage. So uh, two things to keep in mind, though. Wherever you make a cut, that's where the new growth comes out. So if you cut, you know, cut them all straight across, it's going to look like a broom because it's going to put a bunch of growth out at one place. So layer it. You know, leave some unpruned, cut some 
a little ways, cut some medium, cut some low, so they sprout out at different heights. And then when it sprouts back out next year, thin out all those sprouts to just two or three well-spaced ones so they grow more like limbs instead of a broom. Okay, okay, good. And hold off for a couple of months before I prune them, let it get yeah. a little cooler? Yeah, it's not, it's not as big a deal in, in Mobile uh, as it would be, you know, up, up you know, in North Alabama. But the main thing is, uh, is, is you don't want to pr- prune them too late in the fall so the new growth doesn't have time to toughen up before winter. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much for your help. Okay. Then. Good luck on it. All right. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for calling. And now we're going to go to Madison. Talk to Sarah. Sarah, what's up? Good morning. I just have a question. We have a row of magnolia trees mm-hmm. next to our house, and the birds have decided that's home. We don't want to get rid of our magnolia trees, but the birds are making a huge mess. <laughs> are these regular magnolias or little Jim? They're teddy bear magnolias. Okay, yeah, that's a real small. Yeah, that's 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 a cool one. That's a cool one. Not much you can do about this, you know. Seriously, uh-huh. you know, because birds are, you know, you've heard the term bird brain. You know, <laughs> they, they don't really consider stuff except what's good at the moment. See, right. so uh, other than. I don't know of any good rep- – there's not any good repellents. You know, people say, well, put some pepper out there. No, it doesn't work. Birds, you know, it doesn't work. Uh, other than, you know, n- noise to make a move on, I just – you know, that's a really, really good question. I'm totally – I'm thinking if if I had a mockingbird next to my house, it would irritate me to no end. But I don't know what I could do about it. That's a good question. Stumped. Well, the, the trees are beautiful, and I hate to take them down – but the birds are just making a mess. Well, when you, when, when, you, when you say a mess, you're talking about their droppings? Yeah. And it's kind of annoying that in the morning and all evening, like a few birds are pleasant, but a whole <laughs> big thing of birds is not. You've had an elegant sufficiency of flying fowl. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, I really don't know what you can do. I mean, it's a it's a good question, and uh, a lot of people say, "Well, just learn, you know, to get along with them." But that's not your question. The question is, what could you do about it? And I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. Okay. Good luck on it. All right. Thank you. Ooh. You know, they sell these artificial snakes, and they sell artificial owls. You could put out there, but birds will roost on them. I don't, I don't that's that's a, that's a good one, Java. I remember at Jackson State, um, we had a thing with birds and I think squirrels, and every so often they would shoot like a cannon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to make everything go away. Now, I don't. Yeah, that 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 would that would be unnerving on a college campus these days. <laughs> no, that is true. I didn't even I didn't even think about that. But yep. it, it used to happen, and everybody just knew. Oh, they you know getting rid of the birds and the squirrels and stuff. Yep, yep, yep. It's I, it's, I, I no idea how you can keep birds out of a magnolia tree. I mean, they just do it. Magnolias are native. Birds are native. That's you know the question is maybe she should just move because they, they were here for I don't I don't know. Uh, I brought the jujube fruit as if it's jujuba. Uh, my heirloom plant today is a plant that's called a lot of different folk names. Uh, one is purple heart. One is purple cane. Uh, it's related to the wandering Jew plant. It's got uh, purple stems, long finger-shaped 
purple leaves, got pink flowers. It's a hardy perennial, even up in North Mississippi. Uh, good ground cover, South Mississippi. Anyway, purple heart, purple queen, purple cane. It's a terrific pass along plant. Roots really, really well. Easy to grow, but you got to like purple because that's what it is, just purple. Uh, my native plant is the uh, resurrection fern. In Java, I just sent you a picture to put with our podcast today of a jujube fruit cut open. And um, so you just bit into it. So anyway, if you're not sure what a jujube is, you're supposed to wait till they get some brown spots on them. That's not decay. That's just coloration. But when they start getting some brown on them, it's time to eat them. Uh, the f- plant, native plant I'm talking about is called resurrection fern. It's a small fern. It grows on tree limbs. It doesn't hurt them. It's just like Spanish moss. You could grow it on your shoulder if you, if you wanted to. And when it gets dry, it turns brown like it's been dead as a doorknob. And uh, after a rain, it greens back up. And I've got one on a, on a log that I've had in my yard for probably three years. Brown as it looks, dead as a doorknob. And after a rain or hit it with a hose, greens right back up. Cute little native fern called Resurrection Fern. Uh, now, let's go to uh, Lynn calling from Biloxi. Hey, Lynn, how are you today? Hey, good morning. It's a nice rainy day here on the coast. Good for <laughs> listening to the radio and getting information. Good, good, good. Well, what can I help you with or what can you help me with? Well, I mowed the grass the other day, and this is the first time this summer I've seen them, but there are thousands of these moth-looking flies coming out of the grass. Huh. About an inch in diameter there, and I just, just clouds of them. And when that mower hit that grass, they just come flying up out of there. Yeah. What are they, and how do I get rid of them? That might be army worm, the adults of army worms. You got uh, Bermuda grass by any chance or some other kind of grass? Uh, most centipede. Centipede. Oh, you know, with, without looking at it, moths look alike to me. Uh, I, I've got a little special app on my phone. I can look stuff up. But uh, you know, I, the chances are good that the larvae of it is either uh, eating on the grass leaves or the grass roots. But it, it, I don't know what it is. But I wouldn't worry about getting rid of them because unless if your grass looks okay, you know, if you're mowing on the high side, and your grass looks okay, uh, I wouldn't worry about it. But without looking at it, I really can't tell. Usually things like this are temporary. It's not something that could be there for weeks and weeks and weeks. So it could be that you had some caterpillars there earlier. They pupated. Uh, the moths were uh, merging just as you mowed. But, well, um, i got a part two to the question then, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't mind. Sure. I've got brown sections of grass that have just appeared within the last week or so. Uh, do they have a curve? The brown section. Do they have a curve? Are they are they round? Do they have a distinct curve? Or are they really random looking? Oh, they're really random looking. Uh, chinch bugs aren't as usually as bad on centipede, but this time of year we see chinch bugs a lot in St. Augustine, um, and and they as they they're tiny little creatures, and as they suck sap, they actually poison the grass, and it can cause random looking dead areas. It could also be though that, the, that there's some caterpillars that have been eating on them. So go out there, and your neighbor's gonna think you're nuts, but get on your hands and knees and poke around, and uh, if you don't see a lot of bunch of caterpillars and stuff like that, it might be chinch bugs. Um, without knowing for sure, though, I hate to recommend just wholesale spraying insecticides without knowing for sure what the problem is. Probably not the moths, could be, might be chinch bugs, but if it was a disease, it would be, it would have curves to it. It'd be circles or curves or something. That's the way the fungi go. So I don't know. You you're in uh, you're in Biloxi, right? Uh, Long Beach, north. Of Long Beach, yes, north of Long Beach, yeah. 
Uh, the reason I'm saying if you uh, over on Pops Ferry Road in Biloxi is Extension Office, you know, Gary Bachman works there, Dr. Gary Bachman. Uh, give them a call, see if they send somebody out and take a look at it. Okay, that sounds real good. Thanks yeah. very much. You all have a nice day. Appreciate it, Lynn. Thanks. He says it's getting some rain down there, which is great because this is a time of year to plant lettuces, lettuces and turnips and collars and cabbages. This is the time to plant those things. You don't wait till fall to plant them. You plant them for fall, and that's coming up in like two weeks. Anyway, great weekend to, to mix different kind of lettuce seeds, put a little pinch of them in some pots, and uh, grow you some pretty salad. Even if you don't like to eat them, they're pretty. They love this cool weather. Now, staying on the coast, let's slide over to Pascagoula. Hi, Lent, uh, Brenda. How are you, Brenda? I'm fine, enjoying this rain as well. Good, good, good. What's going on? Feller, you had a, a lady earlier with the magnolia trees and the birds, mm-hmm. and you used the term bird brain. Yeah. And I have I have to take umbrage at that. You know, it was very smart. I, I, There's I, a I, program on Netflix about um, birds, and you ever seen a crow? Using a stick to get grubs out of an old piece of wood. I, I, wrote, I, I wrote a book on scarecrows, and I had a whole chapter on crows. And you can teach a crow more words than you can teach a parrot. And they can keep track of up to seven different things going on at one time. A bird brain, that, that was just a, a figure of speech. Uh, no, it was, but I had to get after you. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? And I like that because you're right. But a lot of people don't realize that birds do some things that we didn't realize even 15, 20 years ago they could do. Yeah, yeah. I have two parrots, and they're smart, too. Um, I'll say something, and the, the the bigger one will look at me and look at me sideways, and <laughs> you know. And after I say it a few times, she knows, you know, what I'm saying, especially when I say no. Well, they they show that you you can teach crows more words than parrots. Absolutely. A lot of people just don't don't realize that. But anyway, bird brain is more of a more of a figure of speech. But but thank you, thank you. I, You're du- welcome. Duly noted. Okay. Thank you. Java. I've been poom, poom. Yeah, she was, Miss Brenda was not going to let you, uh, she wasn't going to let that go. And that's all right. That's okay. (laughs) That is okay. Uh, Well, we're getting towards the end of the program. Um, There's a lot of things you can be doing right now. If you're the type of person to take really good care of your lawn, this is. We're past the recommended time to fertilize grass for the last time, usually around the 1st of September. But if you haven't, if you want to give your grass a little pick-me-up, a little winterizer type thing, get it done. Go ahead and get it done. Don't wait because the grass needs time to absorb the fertilizer, to put out some new growth, and that new growth has got to settle down before winter. And if you push it up against there, it'll be tender and hard free can kill. If you fertilize too late in the in the year, uh, it makes the grass more susceptible to diseases when we have uh, cool, wet weather and also can make it more susceptible to cold damage. So go ahead and get that done. Uh, meanwhile, raise your mower. <laughs> this is somebody uh, up in uh, in North Mississippi that actually made me a T-shirt that says, Mow High. That is how you get your grass ready for winter so it greens up stronger and uh, more dependable and with fewer weeds. So raise your mower up. Take care of your grass. If you're going to fertilize this, go ahead and get that done. Do give uh, uh, some attention to growing things in the wintertime, like pansies and uh, uh, broccoli and turnips and lettuce and things like that. 
they're starting to show up in garden centers. I made a run uh, the other day, went to six different garden centers. I got a lot of different kind of plants to set out that like cool weather, some like freezing weather. And this is a good time of year to get your garden ready for winter instead of waiting till winter. And then you're stuck with a bunch of little weeny plants that don't have a chance to get established. So anyway, good weekend uh, if you've got children to get them to plant some lettuces and a few other things that come up real, real fast from seed and uh, awfully pretty in a pot. I have pots of lettuce, mixed color lettuce, uh, green ones and frilly ones and ribbons and and, uh, different kinds. I put them in pots, stepped up my front steps. It looks awful pretty, and when I'm tired of looking at it, I can eat it. Uh, Condolences condolences to the folks of Great Britain. Lost a terrific monarch, terrific woman, fantastic uh, uh, leader, and uh, uh, just a, a beacon of decency. And uh, real sorry about that. So uh, anyway, uh, King Charles is is on the scene, and he'll do fine. But uh, meanwhile, those of you who don't understand the monarchy, it's okay. It's all right. We all we all have something that 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 symbolizes decency and continuity, and that's what it's all about. Speaking of continuity, we're going to pick up where we dropped off this week. Next week. <laughs> And uh, we're going to be kicking around ideas every Friday and every Saturday right here on the Gestalt Garden on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Lots of programs during the week, Monday through Friday and Saturday mornings, locally produced programs. lady said she couldn't get something like that in Florida because Florida ain't got it. Mississippi is a leader nationally with this format. And uh, we don't do politics. We don't do selling stuff. We don't do all that kind of stuff. We just talk about whatever's on your mind. Anyway, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back next week. going to go down to the farmer's market, get me some more jujubes tomorrow. And uh, Taylor Yowell has got a, 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 a nice little stand down there, along with the people who have honey and, and uh, turnips and all sorts of other stuff. Take a kid to a farmer's market. Take a neighbor to a farmer's market. But most important, go to a garden center and do what we all do best, folks. Get dirty and share it with others. Horticulture's fellow rushing in Mississippi Public Broadcasting. See y'all next week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.